You talk about beware of fighting the last war. What do you mean by that, the last war? Well, when we tend to look back, we tend to look at the kind of returns, the kind of economic environment we've had. And right now, I mean, I actually wrote quite a bit of this in depth back in the, oh, say mid-60s, and everybody was paralyzed with fear about inflation. We had inflation running at 5 or 6 or 7%. They say, how can I avoid inflation and do this or that or the other thing? And at that point, the inflation stopped. And we had, I don't know the exact number, but probably after that high inflation, uh, we probably had an inflation rate of 2 to 3% is all, maybe 4 So if you're fighting against previous inflation, you're making a tacit assumption that will continue in the future. It doesn't or usually doesn't, or often doesn't, but we, don't, we never know when that change is coming. It's kind of complicated. Today, uh, one of the best examples is returns on stocks. The historical return of stocks is 9%. So people say, I want that 9%, so I'll go into stocks. That was the last war. Today, stocks are going to give a future return about 2% less, or maybe more than that, a bigger shortfall. Why is that? It's so obvious. And that is that 9% over 100 years is 4.5% dividend yield on stocks and 4.5% earnings growth. Nine total return from investment. And today the yield on stocks is 2.1%. So forget that extra 2.5%, strike it. And when you go through the math, you'll see that the future return is going to be in a 6.5% or 7% compared to history. Don't listen to history. It's interesting, and it may rhyme, as Mark Twain said, but it doesn't repeat itself. Well, speaking of not listening to history and the short term versus the long term, another one of your simple rules is the hedgehog beats the fox. Well, uh, I use that to portray the difference between passive index investing and active managed, actively managed fund investing. The hedgehog, the, the saying from Archilochus, Greek philosopher who just left a few fragments of his work, was the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one great thing. And what the hedgehog knows is that all of this fooling around out there does you no good at all. Own the market. It's another way of saying that. And the fox, oh my, are they smart. They're smarter than all the hedgehogs put together. Go down to Wall Street and talk at all that immensely wealthy brain power that, of course, builds nothing because they're competing with other brain power. I'm not saying brain power is wasted. I'm saying the average brainiac is average compared to the other brainiacs. So they can't win. We know that. So, you know, all the secrets. I've got a tip for you. Buy this, sell that. Now, that's the fox thing, the foxy way to beat the market. Doesn't work. And the, and the less sexy index funds outperforming the more active yeah, the, brainiac funds. The, the index fund, in fact, is an active extreme boredom. And uh, if, you, if you don't peak, another one of my rules that I'm not sure I mentioned in the book, if you don't look, that's in your interest not to look. Why, why open that 401k statement or your IRA statement every quarter and say either I'm rich or I'm ruined? Just throw it in the wastebasket. <laughs> Yeah, J Jeremy Sigel says the same thing, that the more often you look, the, the worse it is. Well the, well, the other thing that that brings us to is your um, 
your the last simple simple rule is stay the course. Well, we've kind of talked a little bit about that behind the scenes here, and that is once you set an intelligent asset allocation, taking into account your risk preferences, taking into account your whole financial program. A lot of people, for example, ignore the value of Social Security as a capitalized value for a typical person at the time of their retirement of $400,000 or $500,000. That's your asset. It produces an income stream. You don't have the asset, but you have the income stream with a cost of living hedge. Don't leave Social Security out of your equation when you look at all that. But just get it all right and then don't touch it, except I would argue lean toward uh, raising the bond position as you age. And that's not so easy to do today with bond yields so low. But I, I probably wouldn't lean quite as far. And when you take into account Social Security, you know you may be leaning too far already uh, to the fixed income side. For example, if your Social Security is worth 400000 and you have 400000 all in stocks, that's a 50-50 equity fixed ratio with one of the great fixed ratio, fixed investments of all time has a cost of living clause in it. And the government nicely sends you, as long as they can afford to, uh, a nice check every year that just raises this year's payments. My wife said, shouldn't we send some of this back? <laughs> <laughs> to which I, of course, said we paid for it. <laughs> but uh, take into account everything. And, and then don't you let yourself get deterred by market changes, by gossip, uh, by uh, CNBC, <laughs> whatever it might be.